0: I love watching how it has grown up since I was a kid because in the you know early 80s, you didn't go downtown for anything. It just, in fact, that's you, you might have got mugged, actually. You'd go downtown for the Riverfest uh, to see the planes fly over and the fireworks, but there weren't things going on downtown. Um, and now, you can come downtown, there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just downtown, though. It's, it's in different places. You know different parts of the city we have festivals we have culture we have life and i love seeing that i love seeing wichita grow
1: i'm gonna wichita i'm just a boy from kansas my run with the law Welcome back to another episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name is Landon. Today's sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. It's officially spring and Il Primo always has delicious, fun, seasonal drinks like the Funky Monkey Mocha or the Island Getaway Granita. Stop by Il Primo today to start or finish your day off right. Today's guest is BJ Hunt from Walnut River Brewing Company. We talk about the origins of Walnut River, flagship and seasonal flavors, and everything else you've ever wondered about running a local brewery. Enjoy my conversation with BJ Hunt. All right, BJ, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, I just kind of want to start at the beginning from the beginning of your story. What's your relation to Wichita and go from there?
0: Well, I've been in Wichita since uh, I was two years old. Okay. So, 1977. Yeah. Uh, that basically makes it my home. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, really, really love Wichita. Uh, it's where I grew up, went to uh, Wichita State, and went to Friends. Okay. So, uh, met my wife. Uh, at South High, all right, and uh, so we're very much Wichita, yeah. And uh, through actually the uh, graduate school, I met Jeremy Johnson, okay, Johnson's Garden Center. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he introduced me to Rick, now my business partner. And he said, uh, you know, Rick has uh, plans for a brewery in El Dorado. Now he wants to make it in Wichita, but El Dorado had a lot more water, sure, uh, qualities that we wanted, uh, the limestone around the lake, and there's the right pH, the right salinity and everything. And Mm -hmm. he says, you should talk to Rick. And I said, okay. And uh, so instead of putting a brewery in Delano, we put a brewery in uh, El Dorado. All right. And it's, so we call it Wichita light uh, in beer terms. (laughs)
1: Um, So real quick step back. So Wichita state, you had a bachelor in elementary education. So what was was the plan? What what (laughs) what did you want to do? elementary education, apparently like certain grades. What were you thinking back then?
0: So I did elementary ed and early childhood and the family business, uh, was a daycare center. Okay. And so it was about 250 kids and, uh, 35 staff. And I, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, but at some point, you know, mom and dad were comfortable with, you know, one location. And I said, what I'd like to expand and, as you get older, you get a little more risk averse. As you mm-hmm. get closer to retirement, and so they just really wanted to stay with one. I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to do my own thing. I'm yeah. pretty good at drinking beer, uh, so I'm going <laughs> to go try to make a brewery." Sure. And I did not brew actually. That's was that was Rick. Question. Yeah. So Rick, uh, Rick's been to brewing school. He's sure. a, a first level cicerone. He's got uh, he's his BJCP certified beer judge. Like he knows his stuff. Oh yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, so did you ever consider brewing on your own or was it just, you know, well, I'll, I'll let the professionals do that and I'll, you know, I'll focus on what I'm good at.
0: Yeah, I, I really it, it crossed my mind, but it was one of those things that I knew the, the learning curve was was steep. And Rick had, you know, 20, 25 years into it. So just doing numbers, I said, sure. you know, I'm, I'm going to let Rick do that and I'll handle the you know, the, the marketing and business side at that point.
1: So for sure. So you guys met and then kind of what was the, what were the first steps? How early in the conversation was like, Hey, let's start a brewery together. It was like (laughs) drinking some beers. And then that came up. How did that process go? Well,
0: I, when I went out to meet him, uh, I really thought his beer wasn't going to be good because everybody has a friend that makes beer. And so I just thought, man, this, this beer is going (laughs) to suck. So a lot of it does. Right. (laughs) A lot of the Walnut river.
1: A lot, <laughs> brewers, a lot of the home brewers, a lot of the homebrewers brewers all the River stuff's all gold. <laughs> no, I'm
0: just giving you a hard time. Uh, and so when I went out there, I, I, uh, you know, I expected that to happen. And uh, we were drinking a beer in what's now the canning line area okay. at the brewery. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this, this doesn't suck. He's like, thanks. I was like, no, I mean, that's, that's actually, it's really good. <laughs> and so that's high praise at the brewery now is if you say this doesn't suck, yeah. Uh, then yeah. It's, it's, drink, it's drinkable. It, it's, it, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So,
1: yeah. Uh, So how far along was he? Was he like making big batches, small batches, medium? So
0: he he was, he was making about a keg at a time, roughly, which was for homebrew. It was decent size. Yeah. And uh, he had an apartment there and he, you know, his plan was to turn the downstairs into a brew pub and then to live upstairs. That's what he wanted to do. That'd be awesome. And I said, you know, I believe in your product. I'll help you find an investor. I don't ever want to own a restaurant. I'm out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so, and you see where, where that got us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, for a year I helped him try to find investors and, uh, set up meetings. And I finally said, you know, what if, what if I invested, but we didn't do a restaurant because I knew the failure rate was high sure. on restaurants. Yeah. So yeah, we decided to go ahead and make a go of it on a two barrel system, which is 62 gallons at a time. Okay. And, uh, so, yeah, it uh, seems to have worked out, I guess.
1: Sure, sure. So I guess what is a barrel in beer terms?
0: Oh, uh, a barrel is 31 gallons.
1: Okay, interesting. I, I work in the oil industry, and so ah. it's 42 gallons.
0: Okay. So it's interesting. I was curious if it was the same yep. metric,
1: but it's not quite the same. Interesting. It's
0: different for bourbon. It's Yeah, yeah. every barrel is a unit of measurement. is sure. very different.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's you and Rick, and who else is on the team right
0: now? And then Travis. Yeah. Travis. Uh, Travis is the microbiologist. He's worked in ethanol and pharmaceutical. Um, He's a pretty sharp dude that he's also a brewer, Um, not as much by trade, but uh, by home brewing and whatnot. But he certainly knows what what works and doesn't work in, in beer, but he handles all the uh, packaging the lab. We've got a lab upstairs at the brewery, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all under him.
1: Yeah, and you so. guys have very diverse backgrounds. How has that worked out? Kind of having <laughs> complementary or different backgrounds.
0: It, they are complementary, and nobody wants to do the other one's job, right. so it works out really well. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Well, what does your day to day look like?
0: Uh, I'm all over the board. Yeah. Uh, I will spend a few days uh, of the week at the poorhouse. A few days. Uh, at the main brewery in El Dorado right. and then either in the market or sometimes, you know, hammering out reports at home, sure. uh, just depends.
1: Sure. So. And how many locations do you got? Like, uh, I guess local liquor stores or how many locations like oh. that are in? Uh, and how, and how far is, is that? Not to switch. All stock, the, how yeah. wide is that net?
0: So we are just Kansas, Missouri at okay. this point. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we are in virtually all the, the bigger liquor stores, some mm-hmm. of the smaller ones, maybe not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we sell, I think what seventy percent of our beer is sold in the Greater Wichita area. Oh, very so, cool. Yeah,
1: what, do you guys have plans like keep expanding different states, other yeah. liquor stores, or just yeah. slowly but surely as it goes, right? Yeah. The,
0: kind of the turtle method, as my dad would say. Yeah, yeah. you know that uh, we want to grow, but it, we don't want to force it yeah. so much. It's got to be kind of natural. So. Sure.
1: Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the building you guys are in. So I, I read up a little bit on the website, but I'd love to hear it uh, from you. So I'll just give it quick highlights. It's an old 1917 building just south of downtown El Dorado that dates back to World War I. Um, and I'll let you kind of tell the story. I have some notes if you get lost along the way, but I'm sure you know it pretty well. So
0: Well, um, so this building um, has been a lot of things. It Downstairs has been a grocery store, uh, a bakery a creamery all the while upstairs from 1923 until just after world war ii it was a brothel and uh the reason that went on so long is because the local police were more interested in shutting down illegal beer joints so they didn't care about the brothel sure sure. and it was uh it was two dollars at the time so
1: yeah yeah inflation
0: uh yeah, we checked for inflation at, at the time when we first started, and uh, we were surprised to find out that that was uh, twenty eight dollars and fifty cents. So interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll let that. Let that uh, but Wichita was a dollar. Ah, I gotcha. so they yeah. had the oil money out there. It was big money. Yeah, you know? yeah, of yeah.
1: course. Um, that's super interesting. Just like the history of that, like how oh, yeah. how old of a building it was. So why why was that building special in the first place? I think that had Rick had ties to that. So why, why was that building so special to him?
0: Well, he found the building, and it was in vast disrepair. I mean, it it in the next few years would have collapsed. The roof was starting to come in, and um, and he knew that he could buy it for yeah. pennies on the dollar, and then save it. He's put in so much work. He you know replaced all the windows. He uh, put in all the structural steel to support the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything new, new. Decking, all this stuff, sure, and essentially save the building. Yeah. So,
1: did it go down to like the bare bones, or how, how? Oh yeah, yeah, I bet it did.
0: Yeah, and it's still kind of the bare bones. I mean, our sure. walls are brick walls. There's no insulation in that oh, building. Yeah? yeah,
1: interesting. Okay, does that make it any more or less difficult for production, or does that even have an effect? Um, on?
0: in production, I mean, there's no air conditioning in production. Sure. Um, so it's, it's hot yeah. in the summertime, it'll be a 130 degrees on the brew deck wow, in yeah. summer. So we have fans going obviously, but, yeah. um, in the wintertime we do have a small heater back there. And then there's, uh, I mean, there's the boiler keeps mm-hmm. everything quite warm, yeah, obviously but, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that started in 2013 out mm-hmm. in El Dorado. When did the poor open?
0: Uh, that would have been twenty eighteen. End of very end of 2018. So we got about a year in before COVID. Ah, yeah. haw
1: Mm-hmm. Giddy up. Yeah. Wow. Um, It's interesting because I graduated college in 2015 and then I moved away for a year and then we came back from Corpus Christi, Texas, and it seemed like there had been several other, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention before we left. But it was like it seemed like then Hoppy Gnome was here and then like Central Standard. And I don't know when exactly. I can't remember those timelines. But it's interesting. You guys predated that by even several years.
0: Sure. So it was River City. It was kind of the OGs. Yep. Uh, And then Hank is wiser out in Cheney. And then uh, Wichita Brewing and then us. And then after that, it's it's kind of a blur because we were too busy working on our right. stuff. But I know it was Hopping Gnome and CSB, yeah. um, you know, Third Place, there was Lime. So I mean, the, all of these breweries, we all started popping up and we all we all help each other. Yeah. You know, I think the the first time Tory needed to sit down and do his uh, federal gallonage tax, I said, well, I got to do ours. Let me just drop by. And as yeah. long as you have Internet, we'll just print it off together and do them. I don't mind showing you what's going on. And yeah, for sure. So, it, and it's not that hard. You just needed somebody to
1: Walk show that to it,
0: you. Yeah. And, you know, Jeremy did that from Wichita Brewing. He looked over our application for the, the TTB, the brewer's notice mm-hmm. that we had to get federally. And uh, so he came out and looked it all over for us and checked out our stuff. And yeah, I love that. So, yeah, we all get along pretty well.
1: Yeah, I've been relatively tied into kind of like the startup ecosystem and it's cool to see how all of those people help each other and i i mean i consider you guys there but also like your own little brewery brewer ecosystem and i interviewed stacy i don't remember probably a year or two back and she was telling me some of the stories about yeah yeah, oh we ran out of so-and-so product call one of one of your buddies down the street sure, help each other out and i mean a rising tide raises all ships so right it's it's awesome to see
0: we kind of say it's It's a little bit like wrestling with your brother. Yeah. Like you want to whoop his butt, but you want him to do well too. Sure. Sure. We we want to make a better IPA of course, but we also want to make sure everybody else has great product too. For sure.
1: On that point, um, how often, or how what does it look like to put like submit your beer to competitions like locally or nationally? What does that, (laughs) do you you guys participate in those? What does that look like?
0: Well, uh, so everybody has a different view on it. Uh Um, we, we, do submit beers to those, you pay a lot of money for feedback that you typically already know. Sure. Um, and it sometimes, uh, for instance, we submitted a, uh, our coffee porter and we get, you know, these top level judges and there'll be, you know, three at a time and we'll get notes back that say too much coffee. And then the next one says not enough coffee. Right. I'm like, guys, you're supposed to have a discerning palate here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're just people. It's all subject to, sure. What did you have right before that or what time of day is it right. or were you thirsty or I mean, all of these things mm-hmm. come into play. Yeah, so it's yeah. very subjective oh, for sure. So, you know, yes, those are important, but at the same time, making a good product and getting it out the doors just as a, if not more important.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, not, I don't have a very sophisticated palette, I would say. I know what I like and know what I don't like, and there's not a lot of stuff I don't like. So right. that's helpful. Um, but it's interesting. Um, you said Rick had like whatever the level judge thing. It's like the, I don't yeah. know, that's like the Smollier for beer or whatever that is. But right. that's super interesting to me. I have friends that will do blind taste tests and they can pick out the different stuff. I'm like, well, I know this is dark and I know this is a light beer, but like I couldn't pick out every little flavor. But that's always been super interesting to me.
0: Sure. And, you know, it, we find at the brewery, we kind of have our own little, um, uh, super tasters, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mine is um acetic acid, which is vinegar, I can taste that very quickly and I can smell it mm-hmm. almost immediately before all the other guys can. Uh, we have some of them all, you know, uh, oh, that has DMS, and so everybody's got their own little superpower, sure. And,
1: but yeah, that's uh, fun, that makes it fun. Um, how has the reception to the poorhouse been? Um, and then how was it? through covid. I mean I'm sure that was really difficult. So. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> we were a restaurant during covid downtown. So sure. it wasn't great. Right. But we were there and people still came out and we have that little drive-through window with no drive-through. Yep. So, uh, we used that to shove a lot of food out the door. Yeah. Uh people could buy beer to go and we got a lot of a lot of support
1: sure.
0: uh, from the local community. So yeah. we truly appreciate that. Yeah. Um but yeah, out in the suburbs, I think it was a little different story for uh, you you know we've talked with again Jeremy at Wichita Brewing. He said, "Yeah, sales were definitely down, but takeout orders were strong." But they lived, you know, people lived around the block right. from there. Mm-hmm. And down here, all the attorneys and accountants and they all worked from home, so right. it made it hard. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: um so you probably saw. I mean probably a dip in revenue or whatever for that location. Did sales of beer go up at all during that time or did that balance out? At so
0: all? they were about even. Okay. And the only reason is people were buying more beer to go. Right. But they were also looking for, you know, Bud Light 30 packs and sure. things like that, which right. we did release a 12 pack that year, which was perfect timing. Yeah. It's as if we knew that was coming, but it was just blind luck. Uh, but we'll take that any day of the week. Oh, so. sure.
1: Yeah, you need a little luck every now and, oh, and then. Oh,
0: so. I need a lot of luck.
1: Um, before we get into all of your flavors and kind of the, that whole part of things, I did want to ask, uh, we mentioned light beer. So what, yeah. what, is, what is your view on light beer? How do you?
0: Well, I mean, people need to stay hydrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Uh, <laughs> I do love um, a big Russian Imperial Stout, and those are great, but you can drink one or two of those because yeah. I've drank four of those and promptly— brought the meat in from the grill, set it on the table, and went to sleep. So uh, it has its place. Um, But as far as lighter beers, we'll take those when we go fishing. Um, For instance, our Teter Rock Kolsch is a nice light. It's a Mm. 4.7. We kind of call it like a domestic with a little more flavor and bite.
1: Sure,
0: But uh, it's a great German beer, and I can still – topwater bass fish and not miss my, my bass. <laughs> right, right. If I'm doing that with, uh, you know, our, our IPA, which is 7.7%, uh, after a couple of those, I, my reactions get substantially worse. For sure. So, yeah.
1: Yep. That makes sense. Um, so I want to get into a few of the flavors. Um, some people will probably recognize cause I think they're pretty well known around Wichita. Um, but you have the war Irish war Warbeard Irish Red, High Beam IPA, Teeter Rock Kolsch, like you said, and then the Re-Orange. So yeah. um, talk a little bit about flagship flavors. How long have those been around? Was one of those like kind of the first or second one kind of in the arsenal? What did that look like?
0: So uh, we made a lot of these from the get-go or very, very close to that start. Um, the, <laughs> the Warbeard was originally called, uh, what did he call that? Um, it was a it was a terrible name. And I said, Rick, you you have to let me work on the, on the naming. You just work on the beer. It was, um, roughneck red. Mm. I said, well, alliteration is great, but I, let's go with something different. Yeah. Um, same great beer. Yep. Um, and that, that was around from the, the get go, the Kolsch, uh, we did name it Teter rock because of there is a rock in, uh, was it Greenwood County where my, you know, my mom lives out that direction and, uh, by literally naming it that it's on tap in Eureka, Kansas. You don't see craft on tap in Eureka, yeah, Kansas sure. typically, but they're like, give me some teeter rock. That's cool. So it's, it's uh, a point that most people know in the Flint Hills, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, High beam. That was, um, that was around from the get go. Okay. We came up with the name, but all, all of the logos we came up with in a course of a week. Oh, wow. Uh, we had a fellow that, uh, design the logos, but he was, uh, getting a, a divorce and so he needed cash. Mm. So I would literally go over after work and it was a hundred dollars plus snacks. So like Monday it was a hundred dollars plus Twinkies. Sure. And then it was like a, a hundred bucks and like chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. And so we did the whole week like that and, uh, ended up with our logos. And so it, it was a great deal for us, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, oh, and, for sure. uh, I think uh, especially the Warbeard
1: out. is iconic, I think. I mean, you you see the can and you know what you're getting. <laughs> like, you can see it across the room and be like, okay, I want that. Yeah.
0: And that was a light and sound company. Really? We uh, co-branded with this particular uh, designer. He had a light and sound company in Wichita. And, in fact, our, our sales guy who's been with us, Jay, been with us a couple of years now, he saw a Warbeard beard. Light and sound, and he said, "Somebody ripped that off." And no, 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 oh, no. That's actually a really old sweatshirt they're wearing, and that was around before us. Oh, but wow. we have an agreement now, cool. so yeah, yeah it's really
1: cool. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> Worked um, out. What would it take for something to bump up to a flagship, or would you ever expand that? Or well, not even a thought. It's just it is what it is.
0: So actually, we have a new flagship wow. sitting here on the that table.
1: Brings us to the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there. We go.
0: Uh, yeah. We just saw we. We see a need for it, you know. Was it uh was it robots We see a need, fill a need, right? Yep. That show. Yep. Oh yeah. And um uh, so we saw a need for a good um not citrusy but more tropical, uh wheat beer. Okay. So wayward sun, uh S U N spelled that mm-hmm. way. Uh is just one of those that we felt would be a great year round. Definitely kicking it off in the summertime though. It was is a good jump start to it. But uh yeah. We, uh, we haven't had a good wheat in some time.
1: So. That's awesome. And it'll be 80 degrees today. So get got that a little bit of summer Absolutely. feel. It's going to be nice to crack one open later. Um, you also have a bunch of seasonal flavors. So I'm going to read off some of the names, uh, just cause some of them are kind of interesting and you can talk about whichever ones you want, but, sure. um, and I'll probably pronounce them wrong, but Kuvalda is a Russian Imperial stout. We have devil's blend coffee, Porter maniacal monk, which is a Belgian triple day pass, Angels Blend Coffee, Kolsch, and Plum My Lady Sour. So you got a, you, you mentioned a little bit of sour earlier when we were talking, but um, which which of those is your favorite? Are there any interesting stories behind any of those?
0: Um, I mean, there, there's a few. I don't know some of them. We probably can't put on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, I will say. So the coffee porter, yeah. Uh, we we made that as a joke. Actually, um, it was. Uh, we were in the back of a, a flea market, is how we started, and so you'd you'd walk in, and there's. Uh, like pink flamingos and Mm -hmm. sombreros and anyway, all this junk there. And, and then in the back was, you know, these two goofballs making beer. And, uh, so we thought, well, let's, you know, it's, it's, there's no uh, holidays at this time. We need to make a beer for something. Groundhog day is coming up. Uh, let's do a little Porter for winter, a little coffee for spring. Uh Screw it. Let's just do it. it. Seem to work quite well, actually. Yeah. So uh, we did sell that year round until recently. And then we just make that uh, Q4, Q1 uh, during the cold months. And then Q2 and 3, we do the coffee Kolsch and the Angels yeah, Blend. Sure. So Devil's yeah, yeah. Blend, Angels Blend. Sure. And the coffee Kolsch has the same amount of coffee in it. And you would not think a Kolsch and coffee would go well together, but it, it we tried it one time from somewhere in the Southwest, is New Mexico or Arizona. And they did a coffee culture, and I thought, "Holy cow, this really works!" And people take it, uh, particularly in the summer, to go camping, because mm. one, they can start drinking first it's thing coffee. in the morning, yeah. but they also get their coffee, yeah. their caffeine fix. So, absolutely. How yeah. much?
1: How much caffeine is in that? Do you know? Like, uh, it's about a
0: half cup of coffee. It's not bad. So, I mean, if awesome. You <laughs> drink a sixer, you can be wide awake drunk. So be careful.
1: I have not tried that one. I'm definitely going to try well, that Well, I sounds, mean, try not, not the wide awake drink part, but just right. the, <laughs> one or two of the actual <laughs> beers. Um, so what goes into, I guess, experimenting with these flavors? How often do you guys try something like that? Is it just you get inspired by seeing something else or maybe read about something? How does that process work?
0: Any and all. Yeah. So we'll try a beer somewhere and we think, man, that's great. What if we did this and made this tweak? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at our staff meetings on Monday mornings, Uh, There's eight of us sitting around the table, but it's, you know, marketing, it's sales, it's brewing, it's packaging, you know, everybody's there. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about things that we've had that are very notable or things not to try. We're like, ooh, maybe that didn't work out how they wanted. (laughs) And so those those give us inspiration. And then, you know, Rick and Travis will, you know, speak nanu-nanu to each other and talk about everything and figure out a recipe that works and then we will tweak it. You know, this, yeah. this recipe here for wayward Sun. I mean, we'd been making that for the last year and a half, just trying to tweak wow. it and play yeah. with it. A little different hops, a little different, you know, timetable on the hops or, and uh, it takes a while to mm-hmm. get it just right.
1: So, is there, Are there any disagreements in the office about Yes. like three months ago, you're like, this is perfect. And then they're like, well, it needs to tweak it some more. Like, right. Is there a little bit? Oh, of no, no, there
0: always is. Yeah. And, uh, so we usually can come to a consensus yeah. on things, but when, uh,
1: when you're experimenting, do you make like, I don't know one keg worth or something. So if it's not good, you can toss it or somebody, well, <laughs> whoever loses the bet is forced to drink the bad cake. What does that look like?
0: So if it's really bad, we'll dump it. Yeah. Uh, but if it's, you know, it's certainly palatable. We will put that on tap and then we can see by sales data. Oh yeah. What has worked well, you know, there's always going to be somebody try it, but if it, if it left really quick, we thought, okay, we're on to something. Yeah, that's a good Let's idea. look at that. So we can quantify those things at both, you know, or which saw in our Saw and our El Dorado location, sure. which is nice. Oh,
1: no, that's super interesting. Yeah, I went to, I want to say it was like one of the beer fest things, maybe Oktoberfest or something like that. It was over in the parking lot by the boathouse. But it yeah. was like a tent, and there was a bunch of the different beer people. Blocktoberfest, I, I yeah. Yeah, Blocktoberfest, there yep. we go. Um, and it was, it was interesting because some of them were just like, yeah, it was like a small, small batch thing. It's oh, interesting yeah. to see, like – you really can quantify that, especially in the actual, the poorhouse sure. or wherever the tap room, see how fast it goes. That's a really good way to do it. Let the market tell you.
0: Right. That's I, awesome. Absolutely.
1: That's very cool. Um, so what does the team look like? It started out with just a few of you guys. Where are you guys at now? Expansion wise, obviously running a restaurant. There's a lot of employees there, but like right. whatever the step above, uh, waitresses, hostess, cooks, how many people are involved with everything?
0: So man, um, total, I mean, we are, I don't know, 40. Wow. people. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right now. That's I, incredible. You know, that does change in the restaurant daily. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I hate to say that. Yeah. Um, at the main brewery, there's a dozen of us. Sure. Um, but yeah, the, the total in the back, eight people run sure. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, you know, people up front in the top room. Yeah. For so, sure.
1: um, how has the whole experience kind of from the beginning or recently, how has that differed from what your expectations were, or did you have any expectations other than I love beer. This is going to be awesome. We're well, making a brewery.
0: Uh, I mean, we certainly hope to make a good business out of it. Yeah. We honestly didn't really know what to expect. Um, it just hadn't been done a lot yeah. in Wichita. Right. There were no real production breweries um, at the time. So Wichita Brewing was working on a production, but we, I think we beat them to market by maybe a month or two. Sure. As far as having a canning line and... Uh, sending everything out to liquor stores. There had not been uh, a local brewery do that other than some growlers here, there or whatnot, or the one-off cans, but not supplying, you know, case stacks at, you know, Jacobs and R&J and Goble and, you Mm -hmm. know, those, those bigger liquor stores. And so uh, we were the first to do that. We, in fact, we didn't even have a truck. Uh, I had to call my friend, Jeremy Johnson. I said, Hey, do you, do you have something that we can take all this beer? And he says, yeah, I'll send a flatbed out. So we, We loaded up, we quickly looked for a truck and uh, found one for 2,500 bucks and uh, it needed uh, a new transmission. So we we traded like 20 cases of beer (laughs) for a transmission and it worked out really well, actually.
1: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) so That's incredible. Um, Running the restaurant, was that difficult, uh, I guess, coming back off of COVID when you guys could open back up? I mean, are you guys seeing the same thing as far as like just finding tough to find people to work or...
0: Yeah, it is um, definitely tough to find yeah. uh, good people. It,
1: Seems to it, be industry wide, right? Just curious, yeah,
0: and I would say I would I would say it's tough to find good people anytime because sure. if they're really good, they're working somewhere else yep. or they've started their own place, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's uh, been extremely tough though.
1: Sure, I, I believe that. Um, what advice would you have for somebody that? wanted to go into brewing is, is it still a good time? I mean, we've talked about several other since you guys have even opened that have opened up around here, but is there, is it still a good time or is it always a good time to make a beer?
0: My dad would always say there's, if you're good at it, there's always room for you. Mm -hmm. I would tell someone to just stop and maybe run the numbers or talk with the other local breweries. We're pretty open to each other. We'll tell you what we think, but if you've got a niche that, maybe is not being met down here, we'll, we'll be up front and say, Hey, that, that might actually work. You yeah. should give that a go. Sure. Um,
1: but I, I mean, I would use caution, Yeah. but there could be room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that. Um, was there like a North star? So I think whenever I'm doing this podcast or doing my newsletter or anything like that, um, I'm always like, okay, I see the way morning brew is doing their newsletters or the way Tim Ferris or Joe Rogan do, does their podcast was there like a North star brewery? Or like, okay, we can kind of model it after this. Maybe like, I don't know. I know Colorado was kind of in on early on some of the craft beer scene, but like, was there anybody like that you guys kind of looked after? Well,
0: yes. Um, and it worked for a little while. It was tall grass ah. and we looked up to them yeah. because they were a, a fast growing production brewery in the mm. state of Kansas. And so we looked up to them and then, it was unfortunate there were a lot of smaller breweries that had started and they had expanded quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a great thing in Kansas. It just, unfortunately, you know, when you expand quickly, you got to have a lot of capital and, you know, it just is one of those sure. downturns that, that gets you. I think if they'd had extra capital, they probably could have made a go of it. Right. Um, but yeah, he paved the way for a lot of us. It yeah. uh, just as unfortunate. He's, he's not still around. That name is still around though. Wichita Brewing makes yeah, their beer. Yeah, yeah, So.
1: Yeah, I think that's cool too. Um, I know which I brand company does that a little bit, but like Aeroplanes closed, um, right? And I, I loved their wheat beer, right? And so it was like for the longest time when they first went out of business, it was like I went and bought a couple six packs because I'm like I don't know if I'll ever get this again, right? And, and then which I brand company kind of came in, sure. But I, again, I love I love the support with you guys have for each other and just yeah. everybody in town. I think that's super cool. But um, and I guess that serves as a warning too. Like there's we just named two breweries in the yeah. Wichita, Kansas area, that didn't make it. So sure. there's definitely a warning there. But um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about regarding Walnut River? I kind of have some other questions. I cherry pick from other podcasts, but are there any other stories that come to mind or anything specific oh, you'd like to talk about?
0: There's always stories. And um, if we had years and years to talk, we'd sure. probably still have stories. We'll,
1: we'll do a round, t- round two at some point. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I would just say it's a, it's been a fun ride yeah. so far just to go, once in a while I'll go back and look at photos of when it was just two or three of us and the the tap room or there was no tap room. It was literally two stools and the wood on those stools was literally my neighbor's tree that (laughs) fell in her yard. And I took two cuts of it. I asked her if that was okay. And she said, sure. And we took two cuts of it and I screwed it to these stools and made it part of, it's not walnut, but it was a, Sure. tree that fell down. There was a pin oak actually. Sure. And, uh, and then the, you know, the chunk of, uh, oak that we had as our counter got off of, um, uh, Craigslist at the time nice. for 60 bucks. Great deal. And, uh, yeah, just things like that. We would deliver beer in a mini Cooper. Um, turns out you could fit 10 sixth barrel kegs in the back of a mini Cooper, That's the, impressive. the skinny ones. Right. Yeah. Uh, but empty, the record is 27. Wow. So that was our original delivery vehicle and we bottomed that one out. I believe it. uh, Routinely. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess before we'd move on, I do want to talk about the names a little bit more. Um, So Walnut River, talk about that just for a minute.
0: So when we first started, uh, Rick had named it uh, Heartland Brewing Company. And I said, Rick, did you check any IP? Did you get on Google? He says, Oh no, not really. I was let me, let me double check. So, yeah, 0.7 0.7 seconds later, uh, I said, well, there's a Heartland Brewery in Manhattan, New York. Mm. And so I called that fellow. I said, hey, you know, we're Heartland Brewing Company in Kansas. Any chance, you know, we can use that name. But we realized you were there first. Any chance we could use that name and just not go to New York? He says, I appreciate you calling. No. Mm. Like, all right, fair enough. Uh, so we tried to find another name. And I mean, it is not easy in the brewing community. In fact, we have a we have a beer on tap right now that's called Beer Names Are Hard, just because it's so hard to find sure. a beer name. Uh, but to find a brewery name, uh, we finally got to Walnut River is what fills up El Dorado Lake, okay. which is the yeah. municipal water supply. Yep. And that's the whole reason we're in El Dorado. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we went with.
1: Very cool. I love it. And it's also interesting. I'm, you could probably sue that other company for uh, false advertising. They're not in the Heartland. Well, here in yeah. New York, so. I
0: think he has deeper pockets than we do. <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll let that <laughs> no one
1: say too. Um, okay, so these are some questions I cherry picked from a couple of my favorite podcasts, like Tim Ferriss and sure. so forth. But um, what is something you often recommend to people? That can be books, podcasts, TV shows, music, beer, whatever.
0: You know, I, for me, I would say uh, always make sure to get a mentor or two. And, um, I had, I had those in my grandpa and my dad, and they passed away in, in, uh, 2020, uh, not COVID related at all, just separate issues. So, um, thanks. And it was one of those deals where I realized I needed, um, some other business input people to bounce things off of that didn't have skin in the game, but just would give me an honest opinion. Sure. And, uh, so I, I now have a couple of mentors for that. Uh, but I would say continue to learn with podcasts, yeah. uh, whatever podcast that is. And I kind of front load that in the morning. I'll listen to podcasts or sometimes talk radio, mm-hmm. and then I try to listen to music on the way home just to unwind a bit and shake it off and mm-hmm. get that day out. So yeah. I don't. I don't try not to bring that in the door, but yeah. it's easier said than done sometimes. For sure. So when you're at work, bit work. When you're at home, bit home it is a little hard to do as a small business owner because you're getting texts and calls all the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway.
1: Yeah, for sure. Do you have any specific podcasts you'd recommend?
0: Uh, right now I've been listening to a lot of fishing podcasts.
1: Oh, <laughs> I have not listened to it, before, but and I've cool. been
0: listening to those on the way back. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got a guy's fishing trip coming up. So Very I've been cool. kind of catching up on no, a few awesome. things.
1: <laughs> I mean, I enjoy fishing, but like my father-in-law and my brother-in-law are like deep into fly fishing now. So, oh, they, it's I'm, fun. I'm sure there's a whole that I haven't oh, actually tried it yet. Yeah. I need to go try it, but uh, oh, it's a yeah. good time. Yeah, they love it. Um, what is your favorite failure in any aspect of your life?
0: Ooh. um, so this is we're going to condense this story down. It's a, it's about a two or three beer story. Oh, wow. But well, we got six. So we, well, we do, <laughs> but uh, so uh, the abbreviated version was, um, my first year at Wichita State. I, Let me back up. My, High school career, I wasn't, I mean, I'm not Einstein, but I did okay and I didn't really have to study. So I didn't really learn good study habits Um, and it's not anybody's fault but my own. And so I went to Wichita State my very first year thinking it would be the same. It is not. And it turns out if you drink beer and go fishing, you don't pass classes. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody else has realized this, but I certainly did in uh, the fall of 94. And carried that over to the spring of 95 and then eventually which i said maybe you should go so uh i took a job that summer at yellowstone national park oh wow And it was terrible um it was beautiful i mean there's fishing and we certainly drank our fair share of beer and then i looked around one morning and these guys that was they were some of them were 40 45 and they're working you know, for not much money sure. and it just like, this is not a life that I want to have. Yeah. And so there was a one job I quit with no notice and I worked in the restaurant and that, that's part of where I was like, oh, I don't want to yeah. do a restaurant everywhere. Well, anyway, you mm-hmm. see where that went. Oh, for sure. um, so I left at two o'clock in the afternoon and I drove straight through and Denver's about halfway. I don't know if you've driven to Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a drive. Mm-hmm. So I hit Denver at midnight And I continued on. I made it into Wichita about 10 a.m. I tried to take a nap, it didn't work out. And um, then I, you know, I successfully removed my head from my southern orifice. I uh, went to Butler, um, made uh, Dean's List while taking 19 hours and working 40 hours a week. And then I got let back into Wichita State, and, you know, the rest is history. But, I just needed to know that I could do it. Sure. And you know, I needed to, needed to just stop, stop, and think what I want to do with my life. So For sure.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great lesson learned. So that's a good story. Yeah. I, I have not been to Yellowstone, but I've driven up, I mean, Pacific Northwest. So I know that's a, oh, yeah. long, a long drive. That's so, a lot yeah. longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the flip side of that question, what is your definition of success? Ooh.
0: I, I think it changes. Um, you know, it would be great to put it as a certain point and say, you know, at this dollar amount with this family, and the, I mean, you know, the 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 version of success in my head as a kid was the Michael J. Fox in Secret of My Success. You know, the Kansas kid in New York, and it's terrible, right? Uh, there's no company jet for guys like me. <laughs> we our company jet currently is a Dodge 1500 sitting down there, um, and so. You know, but for me is um, being comfortable financially, but with the time to be able to spend with my family and the, the tough, the tough part about that is you're trying to do all of that while your kids are younger. And then by the time you get to the point where you can spend more time, your kids are grown. So I will say the really nice thing about having three partners is we Try to make sure that you are still taking time with your family. And it is required that you take at least a week off. You should take more. But we want to make sure. I don't care if you're playing games in your underwear downstairs for a week. Just don't come to work. Sure. And uh, that's truly important. So we will cover for each other if it's an event or we've got a birthday. Um, You know, you do not live to work. You work to live. And that is very, very true. So.
1: That is very good advice, especially as I record this podcast on the side and I have my full-time job and I've got two kids and a third on the way. So it's Okay, great well, advice. congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Um, that kind of covers the next one, but I'll go ahead and ask it anyways because yeah. you might have something else to say, but tell me about a life motto you live by or what is some of the best advice you've received? And you mentioned mentors and you just had a great one there, but is there any other advice that maybe you received along the way?
0: Man, um, you know, I will say... Um, my, my dad, I, he keeps coming back up, but he, he taught me a lot of things. My mom did too. I don't want you to think sure. that she didn't, uh, business wise. I really looked up to my dad and, um, he said, you know, if you fail at something, um, the sin is not the failure. The sin is not getting back up and he just just get up, dust yourself off and go again because now you know a way not to do it and, uh, continue to grow. And so, He said, just don't, don't be afraid of failure. Don't let that hold you back.
1: Yeah. I love that. So Um, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life?
0: um, Honestly, trying to be a lot more organized and writing things down. Um, My memory is not as good as it used to be. Uh, I like to think that it is. And at the time I'll go, yeah, I'll remember that. I'm not going to remember that. (laughs) So if it's not either written or logged into my phone, I will not get it. And my wife will tell you, I'm not the most organized person. Um, In fact, my marketing guy and I were just talking about this before I came over. So that has been a a big thing to me. And and we joke about becoming a a real company. Like, one day we'll be a real company. (laughs) And uh, like, have, you know, uh, employee handbooks and things like that. And and so we do, I mean, we do have some of those things, but um, because it was just one of those everything was in a hurry to start up and move and go and we've got to do this. And, um, so yeah, it be organized. And if you do that from the get go, I think you'll probably turn out a lot better than I have. So. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that, I think that's something I need to work on as well. So I, I see, I, I get it down sometimes, but it'll be on 50 different s- sticky notes all oh, over my man. desk. And then it's like, okay, then I can pile it into one list and right. then I either lose that list or I just forget I have it. And then there's 50 mm-hmm. things that are, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm so. working off of two notepads. I'm down from like six, Yeah, that's which is good. Cause steps. I didn't know which notepad it was in. Right. So,
1: yep. There we go. Um, my last few questions are about Wichita specifically. Yeah. So what is your favorite part of Wichita or what's a hidden gem?
0: In oh man. Um, I tell you, as far as uh, favorite part of Wichita, I love watching how it has grown up since I was a kid. Because in the you know early '80s, you didn't go downtown for anything. It just, in fact, that's you. you might have got mugged. Actually, you'd go downtown for the RiverFest uh, to see the planes fly over and the fireworks. But there weren't things going on downtown. Um, and now you can come downtown there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just downtown though. It's, it's in different, you know, different parts of the city. We have festivals, we have culture, we have life. And I love seeing that. I love seeing Wichita grow.
1: Yeah, I love that. I agree a hundred percent. Is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't or what would you improve about Wichita?
0: Man. Um, it is okay. It is a little tough and maybe somebody can educate me, uh, here, but, if you're trying to go out with your wife on a date on a Sunday night, I feel like there's not a lot to do sometimes unless you're into, into eating, which I'm clearly I am. Um, or if we are going out drinking or something in which sure. we don't, I, I get enough beer at work that sure. most people don't say that, I guess. But, uh, so, you know, on a Sunday night, sometimes that's the one night we can get away and yeah. the kids are old enough. They can stay home for a little bit on their own and, Uh, but I don't always find stuff on a Sunday night to go do. So, I mean, that's a, that's a small, small thing in the scheme of things. But I I mean,
1: I, I send out an email newsletter three times a week with news and events and whatnot. And I get it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, Mondays can be light, like early in the work week can be kind of light, but Sundays are usually fairly light, especially compared to coming off a Friday and Saturday. So that's that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that
0: doesn't mean we need to all rush out and do something. I mean, no, yeah, it's, it's a good, good time to catch up on criminal minds, yep. you know, whatever. No, for
1: sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, last question. What does Wichita mean to you?
0: Man, uh, not to sound cheesy, it, life. I mean, it really is uh, kind of a little oasis on the plains. Um, it is. It is home. It is where my family is. It is... It is everything. And so when we have, we have friends that, you know, are not from here and we say, look, you can live in New York and LA, but it costs you so much money. I said, why don't you live here and live reasonably and be able to fly to these other places. Mm -hmm. I said, you can work remotely. Clearly you can do that now. And, uh, and it's, it's a great place to raise a family. So yeah, that is for me, which is very much family and life. and, and those were the things, you know, going back to my Yellowstone story, I didn't realize how well I had that with family here and how much I missed them until I didn't have them there, you know, for a month or so. And yeah, it makes a big difference.
1: hundred percent. EJ, thanks for coming on. I appreciate Absolutely. it. I'm excited to try the uh, Wayward Son over here. Carry on my Wayward Son. Perfect. Um, yeah, everybody go get some Walnut River Brewing Beer, go to Poorhouse, and uh, we'll have to have you on again. This is fun. Appreciate it. Thanks for here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. Check us out on social media at Wichita Life ICT or our website, WichitaLifeICT.com. Huge thanks to Jake B for editing and producing our podcast. Have a good one and we'll see you next time.